Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, working class on DeerCast. We're here at Mark Jury's place. What's up, Mark? Hey, guys. Thanks for coming over. This is exciting to yeah. have you here, Eric and Austin. This is your first time here. Yeah. Kurt's been here a few times. So mm-hmm. Thanks for inviting us. I always get excited to talk about deer hunting, especially <laughs> when you're midsummer heading into deer oh, season. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's easy. We're past the 4th of July. That's like the yeah. turning point, don't you think? For sure. Like everyone's – guys who weren't really th- – you're always thinking about it, right? But everyone that wasn't thinking about it is now really, really thinking about it. And, but now everybody feels rushed. I do anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm behind on everything. We haven't started, and we already feel behind. <laughs> right. Well, that's how it is, exactly. But we're going to dive into a little bit of, you know, some food plot prep, and that's, like, part of the reason why I feel rushed a little, getting things up. We have some trips coming in, though, that are going to interrupt our summer. Mm-hmm. So um, that doesn't help, but, <laughs> you know. It, you is, got, it is what it is. It is what it is. got to do it. So uh, what's new, Mark? What are you in the middle of? You know, we're in the middle of, of deer cast, essentially. I mean, yeah. it's hard to imagine that, you know, in 89, when Terry and I started this company out there with a camera and a VHS, you know, recorder mm-hmm. or a super VHS, that here we are 33 years later and we're a tech company, you know? Right. right, right. Our developers tell us that all the time and we're like, we're not a, we're not a tech company, you know? But in reality, we are. I mean, things yeah, go yeah. wrong and you have to fix it immediately and it's just different than what we're used to. So it's been a... It's been an interesting learning curve. The cameras yeah. are probably 40 pounds lighter. Oh, yeah. Cameras are lighter. <laughs> yeah, certainly. But, you know, they're, they're right here for a right. lot of what we can do. It's, it's yeah. amazing how much you can get done with, with the, your mobile device. In here. Right, right. Yeah, it is crazy to think of, like, the evolution of it. Because um, how long has DeerCast been around now up to this point? Well, this will be our fifth year, I yeah. believe, if I'm not mistaken. So a lot has changed in five years. I think we tested it in, in 17, then went live in, in – um, we, t- we tested it for two years. So we went live in 19, 20, 21. This is our, our uh, fourth year. Yeah. 
to the to the consumer. Mm-hmm. Right? That's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. Like a lot has changed already, and just within DeerCast, you know, looking at the whole scope of Drury Outdoors from oh, when you guys started, it's it's just crazy how things roll in and then keep going. It's wildly different, and even today's offering within DeerCast, we had it in our minds you know, five, six years ago, but it took that long to develop yeah. and to tweak and to get it where we wanted it. And uh, we're so proud of where it, where it landed. Yeah, and, well, it probably would have been a nightmare to, like, jump to where it's at now. You could, probably can't do all that stuff right in one shot. I mean, it takes oh, time it took, to grow. Just the development of that, we started on that over two years ago to get it to get it developed and yeah. where it works in yeah. all the different locations. And I mean, there's, there's a, it's a complicated app in all reality. If you mm-hmm. peel back every layer, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of different things that it does between right. a social media feed, a media player, you know, the you're, predictor, you're, yeah. the, the shot placement with DeerCast track mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now maps. And then within maps, rain stations yeah, and right. wind direction right. and distance and area. I mean, yeah. it does a lot of different things, but that's what we wanted. And that's why we, we, yeah. you know, spent so much time uh, and effort and blood and sweat and money trying to get it to where it's at. Right. right. Uh, but we're, you know, th- we wanted to make sure that when our app hit, it felt like, deer hunters developed it and not right not developers developed it right you know and i'm not knocking anybody's app because there's some great apps out there Mm -hmm. but we just feel like ours is a little easier to use and and it's more applicable to what whitetail hunters want yeah it's the ultimate deer tool it It really is is. yeah in terms of giving you all the advantages you can without you know prior to making that final decision where i'm sitting today or where i'm putting that plot or all that stuff right you know we feel like we you know we really helped write the playbook for you a little bit for yeah, sure absolutely. yeah what i think is great about it is like yeah it's deer focused you know what i mean it's like other apps are you know you can use for everything across the board but this is like specific scope on your spot and what you're doing and like just for anyone that's pressed on time you know you could use it but we talked before a little bit where some people's problem with the you know i guess comments people, i'm never gonna let an app tell me whether to hunt or not it almost like attacked people's egos like some guys right not everybody we're talking about the exception well now it's like everybody can get in whether or not you want to be that guy on the internet it's like i'm not letting it tell me if i'm hunting or not well now okay that's there if you want it right but it's now has multi-layered and it always has but even more for that guy they can't say anything anymore it's got everything they need but I'm sure they're still saying something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Certainly they're going to, you know. It's, yeah. You're you know, never going to get away from that. Well, right. You know, it's the internet. But. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. It's not attacking egos to those At, guys anymore. As much. Does we, that make sense what I'm trying to say? Yeah. We've got a version <laughs> for them, too. There's a free version. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, chill out. Man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, that didn't, I don't feel like that got across. But, anyway, it's like everything is No, there I now. get what you're saying. It's yeah. Like, mine you know, the tough guys out there, you know, yeah. Bless their hearts. You know, it's the guy that says where you want the wind doesn't matter. You know? Well, yeah, it, there's all kinds of different <laughs> thoughts and it comes, and that's, yeah. that's okay. That's cool. That's why we, we all get to go out there and hunt the way we want. And yeah, right. Yeah. You exactly. know, success is predicated on preparation, you know? And, right. And to me, it's not just, you know, practice. It's perfect. Practice yields the best success. So for sure. Yeah. Um, I think the more tools you have, the better the outcome. Mm-hmm. And, right. and we try to really load the toolbox up with this offering. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty exceptional. Yeah. I, I love it, man. I'm excited to actually actively use it. I mean, there's a lot of uses for it right now, which mm-hmm. I want to get into, like, especially for guys that are putting in food plots no or doubt. little kill plots or whatever. Like right now that's, 
important stuff guys are going to use the app for in well, if, this time frame. If but. for no other reason, I mean, I remember the days where I would walk the length this way and walk that way and then go into, you know, onto uh, Google and try and figure out how many, you know, square yeah. feet and an acre and all that stuff. And <laughs> yeah. Now you just take our area deal and go around your plot, whether mm-hmm. whether it already exists on the map or whether you walk the perimeter of it yeah. and it tracks you, it'll tell you exactly how big that plot is. So why is that important? Well, look at fertilizer costs, look at fuel costs, look at seed costs. Yeah. It's going to get you in the ball game of exactly what you need as opposed to this is what I think I need. Right. right. An estimation I mean, of having too little or too much and have to run back or do whatever and get more. Or... So many years I'd sit there and you really wouldn't know how much seed you put down until a month and a half later when you had full germination and you're like, oh, I put too much seed out. You missed the big spot in the center. Yeah. yeah. And now, that happen? now they're all purple, you know, because there's not enough fertilizer. So, yeah. you know, just knowing how big the plots are and putting the exact amount of seed and fertilizer and, and mm-hmm. chemicals that you need, it'll save you a boatload just, just from that one tool. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah Input sure. costs are double right now compared they to a, a year ago. So just yeah. look at the value in, in that right there. It's pretty yeah. wild it is it's insane how much that stuff is so yeah. well, I, I want it exact you know for sure i don't want to waste any to. yeah you can't you know? afford to to buy too much or waste it but it's like talking with austin it seems like every time we get traveling anywhere austin's a farmer you're stressed out about rain because you live in like a kind of a unique spot where there's like a big bluff and it seems like everything cuts around you we've got a lot of sand and the bluff seems to push rains around us so we miss a lot of rain so i'm very familiar with irrigation systems right but it's you know you have plots where you can't get an irrigation system to so now you can go on and see what you got for rain in your plot yep and you know that that's important it's nice to know that stuff especially if you can't get to your plot out Right. Frequently, you know, the, the cool thing about reach talking about rain station are one of our tools within the app to where you can place it wherever you want. And it'll it'll give you an estimation of what you yeah. what rain you receive. But it'll also tell you the next 72 hours or the next three days forecast for preset, mm-hmm. which I think is just as important as what you got, because you really want to make decisions ahead of when the rain falls in for terms sure. of putting a plot in the ground or if you're going to top yeah. dress with fertilizer or anything else. So mm-hmm. I, I love both features. And then you can drop down further and historically see what you've received for the year and see whether oh, nice. you're yeah. ahead or behind. If you, if you expand that box upwards, you can put in whatever date range you want and find out how much rain has fallen. Now, of course it's a, yeah. it's an estimation based off of radar and, and prediction, but it's pretty dang close. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's really nice. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's cool. Like I didn't even know something like that existed before this update, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, again, it's that laser focus on the whitetail hunter and what do they need? And it's not just about food plots. It's about access. Oh, it rained today. How much did I get? Oh, it was four inches. That Creek's going to be up, you know, stuff like that. Or, I can't park where I normally do. I got to walk because mud roads muddy. You know, there's, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, precip is so important to everything we do. Mm-hmm. So it's it's important to monitor how much you got. Um, For sure. A- another example I always use is like you seed your plot and you see a, a you know the radar come through and it's green and you go oh I got a good rain. You go to rain station. Oh I got a tenth. Well, yeah. you know, did you get a germinating rain or did you get a rain that, sw- you know, swelled your seed and you might have just ruined the whole planting, you right. Know, right. depending <laughs> on what you had planted. So right, right. Those, those, uh, those, you know, seed swelling rains in the summer are very, very pesky when yeah. it comes mm-hmm. to food plotting. You really need, you know, half inch, three quarters of an inch or an inch, you know, to get a good germinating rain. Mm-hmm. See, that's like I'm learning more about food plots. Like I'm growing as a deer food plotter. I always say this on the podcast. I feel like, you know, when um, – I think Eric can relate to me. When we read, we're not – Doug's the worst reader out of everybody. Yep. <laughs> but when you read a paragraph 
and you feel like you understand it, and then someone asks you what it said, and you're like, shit, i got to reread it. Yep, I feel that way idea. with food plots. I don't know what it is. Like, I have to constantly <laughs> keep information flowing to my brain to like remember on processes and stuff. I don't know. Maybe I'm overcomplicating it, but I'm getting to the point where I'm getting more into them and getting my little equipment fleet to do little food plots and stuff like that. So rain gauge is going to be really useful for me. I'm doing my first plot. We got some box blinds we're putting up for the first time ever yep. that we're going to set up, and we kind of... Um, for this one particular plot, I've kind of mapped out way ahead of time entry and exit for the winds on, to the plot with some screening and how my box one's going to set up on to this plot. So um, I'm excited to use DeerCast throughout the season on this plot. But that's something I want to get into you uh, about with you a little bit is, you know, hunting with blinds or whatever it may be or designing food plot setups for entry and exit. Like, where do you even start to start thinking about how a food plot should be set up? You know, I like to do a lot of scouting ahead of time, and I'm talking a year ahead of time. We've talked about this in previous um, podcasts, but Mm -hmm. I I love pre-scouting an area. We just established a brand-new plot on a farm that we pre-scouted it with three different cameras last year, a main scrape just above this bottom, another gap gate where the deer come and go, and then down in the bottom a water hole I had created or we had created, Mm -hmm. and then there was two scrapes in the water hole. Mm -hmm. We had cameras on all of it, and after after the full season we were like – We've got to have uh, some more, uh, another magnet here besides this water because there's so many bucks using this area. Mm-hmm. A food plot here would be killer. So mm-hmm. um, Carson's actually working on a, on an episode right now for Deer Season 22 about the establishment of, of that new plot. And okay. it was all because we scouted last season. So mm-hmm. I have a tendency... I used to make decisions based off of just looking at the map and then boots on the ground scouting, which generally you can make good decisions that way. Mm-hmm. But if you really want to know what's going through that area and whether you think you can add food and, and make it better, mm-hmm. you pre-scout it with a bunch of cameras you know, for a full year. Don't yeah. even go in there. Just just scout it with cameras and see what's happening. Okay, and It's amazing what you'll learn because I've done that in other spots. And it's not that great. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not wasting my time putting a plot here because yeah. I've had some dingers, you know, where we yeah. put plots out and they just didn't produce like we anticipated they would. Okay. And so through time, you eliminate those types of spots and mm-hmm. uh, you start to gravitate towards the ones that there's, you know, a lot of deer movement through. And there's, there's a lot of different factors that go into that. You so know? I, I just want to make sure I'm understanding when you say you pre-scout, like if there's a lot of deer there, you're like, oh, a plot would do good here like this in this specific area or if you're not seeing a lot of deer activity you're like oh we're not going to bother with the plot is that not only that when they're there and what age class is there at different times because any given farm's dna will develop uh to the point that there's certain farms that are great in october just because that's where they're at in Mm -hmm. in october Mm -hmm. other farms that are great in september and then others that are terrible until like December. Mm-hmm. Well, this farm was good in October and November, so I'm going to plant something there that is palatable to them in October, yeah, October. And, and November. To, so to I'm, get them to that spot during that time frame. Yeah, because we're already there because of, of outlying issues and cover and okay. and terrain and and coming off of other big uh, food sources, and we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna smoke them there. I Focus can tell on that, that for yeah. that time of year. Those but, cameras didn't lie, and I mean, yeah. they're, they're in a lot of trouble in this new plot. So. I mean, I know a lot of the reason why guys put plots in is like, well, you know, maybe it's good during that time of year, but I want them into December and January. I'm going to try and make a plot specific to get them off the neighbors in that spot. I mean, do you look at scouting any different 
for a plot for that purpose only rather than to just capitalize on when you well, know they're there? In that regard, like if, if the camera tells you that there's good thermal cover there and there's good south-facing slopes or east-facing slopes and you're getting a lot of deer in the late season, mm-hmm. then I'm going to plant something accordingly. Or you, if I'm planting you. something that I'm trying to take advantage of October and November movement, I might add a product if the plot's big enough mm-hmm. that is also appealing in December. I got you. But I'm going with radishes on this one. Okay. And um, I feel like we've got some destination fields not far away that will take care of me in December. Mm-hmm. So I'm going far. Heart of the beast where this plot is. Radishes, October, November, it's, it's going to be silly. I mean, it's going to be really okay. good. And the other thing we do now is we design a lot of structure within the plots mm-hmm. to get deer to come by within bow range. You know, because it's one thing to just put a plot anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're going to enter it and walk through it. So right. we're giving yeah. these deer A, to walk through it, a reason to walk through it, B, a, a pinch point at about 30 yards with some brush that we cleared and took up the ridge oh, and okay. down into the bottom mm-hmm. that's not too intrusive and not too tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yet should enhance, you know, but if they don't have to think about it. They're just walking through like, Oh, got to go up this way. Naturally walk around. It's it. like, yeah. br- like grasses and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. Aligning like, Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I know. I know guys have done that. I was just curious, like how you think we, about we it. We call it terrain. food plot architecture, but yeah. you know, we're really taking it to higher levels here. Well, you, with right. some you know, of our plot designs. Yeah. Why? Well, you know, we've never really thought about too much food plot architect. You had the most experience with it, with, uh, you know, some of the screening you've planted for, because right. you have a box blind. You can do it. Yeah, you can use screen. I mean, you can build fence. Mm-hmm. You can just naturally shape your plot in an hourglass. I mean, there's a lot of different things you can do to naturally bend deer to your location to get that shot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I never thought about it. I mean, I thought about it, right? But I never thought about it in, in detail that, in detail until, like, you know, I'm going to hunt out of a box blind this year, like low impact entry and exit, a place I could take my kids if I want, you know, that type of thing. But it seems like it's it's harder to move around than a tree stand. So I had to think about the winds when deer are going to use it, all that stuff a little more. We put them all on skids. That's what you do? Mm-hmm. That, so a lot of guys, I love that you guys do it because just talking with you, like you guys hunt a lot out of box blinds. We do. Do you guys get a lot of shit for that? Oh, uh, we do get a lot, a lot, of, lot of beef about it, but we've also seen, you know, box blind sales soar nationwide <laughs> yeah. in the last yeah. decade. Yeah. That's know? not a bad thing. No. The, but I'm, I'm, I think – other people are seeing why we love them so much, which is number one, it allows you a little bit more comfort mm-hmm. in terms of oh, yeah, shooting yeah. the breeze, you know, and right. yeah, po- you or, podcast. If, or if you have a child, <laughs> yeah, or mm-hmm. perhaps that's a big a, thing for me, perhaps know? a yep. new hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most importantly, man, that, that scent profile, it just, yep. it just reduces it down to almost where you fool them all. You know, it depends on the wind speed, but we don't have many deer windows anymore. Yeah. You know, A, we're still setting it setting it up in a smart spot in terms of where our downwind direction is protected and not a lot of movement there. But even then, when you get swirling winds, like we're going to have some swirling winds down this bottom, mm-hmm. um, it sure does, you know, really reduce that scent profile. Yeah, for sure. sure. Yeah, I'm excited to get into it and kind of see what it's about. I've never I've never even hunted out of a legitimate box blind ever. I haven't, I haven't either. Coming this fall, you've... I mean, you killed your big one last I've hun- year. I've hunted for years out of them, and last year I finally got to shoot a big one out of a uh, box blind, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. There, I tell you, there's challenges to it, though, mm-hmm. too. The, oh, yeah. The heat in those things will knock you stiff, oh, I man. Bet. Oh, I bet so. They're brutal because we keep our windows closed, <laughs> mm-hmm. and there's days where we're just like, open it, man. We can't take it anymore. I mean, they, really? they, they, it's like a car with the windows or the door right. shut, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So 
heat is a big issue. However, conversely, in December, it heats up and it yeah, keeps, right. you, keeps you keeps warmer. Nice but warm. trying to cool off is a, is a challenge in the early season. And then keeping the windows mm-hmm. from fogging. Yeah. And also, like – What's the trick? If you, it's, uh, for us, we use Rain-X. And oh, we really? apply oh, it yeah. very liberally and then just let it, let it go. Run down. You let it run down. And then about an hour or so later when there's so much moisture in the blind, you've got to wipe them off, dry them, and reapply. And it, it'll keep them clean okay. enough to film out of. But most importantly, shooting out of a box blind, you have to practice from, A, a sitting position. Mm-hmm. Or if you're going to stand up, then you're only going out of the verticals in the corners. Yeah. Uh, but those deer can handcuff you so quickly out of that blind, whereas in a tree stand, you can shoot wherever. Out of a box yeah. blind, you're very limited where your windows are. Yeah. So make sure you take some time to practice out of it. Addition to that, if those windows, a horizontal window is, is fairly narrow, mm-hmm. you can hit that bottom lip very easily. So make sure that you have your pin sight as, as close to the top window from your sight. Get it up top so that you're going to clear that bottom. Yeah, okay. You That's know? a good tip. A lot of stuff to think about. Because yeah, we, we actually cut the size of the window out of cordboard and then shoot through it practicing. Oh, that's, that's a good idea. idea. That's, that's a, a real idea. good idea. Yeah. That's something we could do is like trace it out before we get it up. Cause in my head, I'm thinking with those, so it's um, horizontal windows in the middle then the vertical windows on the, on the corners. On the corners. corners. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm thinking I want the door towards my entry exit so I can get in and get out Certainly. as quick and clean yeah. as possible. But then I'm thinking it's like, well, to my plot setup, where are those vertical windows? Cause you know, it's something I'm not going to hunt out all the time. Or maybe, you know, when it works out, I'm going to be there. Right. Certainly. Um, so just a lot to think about that I'll realize, I'm sure, really quick. The other tricky thing is getting that window open. Make mm-hmm. sure that when you get there, you pop all the seals, wet them down so that they don't stick. stick. Oh, Pre- pre-pop yeah. them. Yeah, yep. pre-pop them. Take some uh, uh, unscented soap mixed with water with you for any hinges that are that are squeaking. Oh, okay. And just you, those deer, when it's calm, like that last hour when they're really moving or the first hour, and you, you barely open that window if it pops. Yeah, you got 50 gone. of them at yeah. 50 yards. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Our, our buddy Mark Reif, he's got a box blind, and he's kind of um, a perfectionist, OCD a little bit. He cut all the windows out with his with a sawzall and put that tempered glass. It's or like nitrogen-filled windows in there yeah, so they don't fog so up. So he didn't have any fog. He nice. Just, he just got tired of squeegeeing his windows. But I don't know if he ever tried Rain-X. Rain-X right? works pretty well. So Okay, good tip. Um, I find the more I – this is kind of going with summer scouting a little bit going into the fall, like guys that are hunting in October. A lot of guys go in deep, and we might have talked about this on that episode a couple summers sure. ago. And I find the more hunting experience I get and the more deer I see, the less time I spend in the timber. Yeah. Um, do you guys ever go in the timber anymore? Not often. Not often. Um, we do during the rut, mm-hmm. you know, when they're really a lot of transitional stuff, middle of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but early season and late season, I, you know, cause they're bedded and they're not moving a whole heck of a lot. So yeah. the more that you penetrate, the greater the risk of jumping a deer that you're not going to see on that sit. Yeah, for sure. So, so I, I don't, I don't hardly ever go in the timber, but boy, I'm, I'm as close to it as I can get. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm tucked sense. really close to cover in, in every setup we have. Real, real yeah. quick, like going back to box plants for a second, like, have you noticed a difference? Like the height of your box plant makes a difference in terms of them seeing you or in terms of your shooting or in, uh, in terms, terms of like the, the deer noticing you or anything? Um, no, I mean, we have some that are sitting on the ground. It's really what, how you, you know, how you behave on the inside of the right. box. You know, if you give them a reason to look at the box, they're, they're going to look at the <laughs> right. box, right? you know? So, um, no, I mean, you know, the higher, the better in terms of sure. much like a tree stand, mm-hmm. but most of these platforms are at about, you know, 10 to 12 feet. It seems. Didn't like. you have one fall on you? Yeah, yeah. Like we were in October, yeah. 
we did. We had an outrigger that popped, and uh, Wade and I took a tumble. How uh, scary was that? Like, did, sucked. While you were falling, <laughs> were you like, oh, shit, we're falling? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because I had two arrows with rages on them. Oh. You know? Both and of those got snapped. So Someone you know, broke them. You could have landed on one, man. Absolutely. Yeah, they both arrows got broken too. So did you guys get messed up from it or anything? Um, my back was pretty was hurting quite a bit. We both how, how tall was up. it? Uh, to the platform, that one was that was a high rise hunter. It was probably ten feet, twelve feet. <sighs> high enough, man. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a oh, long yeah. way to fall in a box when you're confined. Right. Yeah. All the glass just <laughs> just shattered oh, all over us. You know. You guys like man. You didn't didn't get knocked out or nothing. Like, can you imagine no. smacking heads falling at ten feet? Well, and, and and you probably got a bunch of equipment in there and everything else. Oh yeah, everything. Did everything get <laughs> trashed? Bows, guns, and everything. So we're like, oh shit! And we knew he was there. You know, yeah. And that's why we put the blind there on this side yeah. of the hill. So we were like, well, hunt's over. So and it was Wade. He goes, should we check that card while we're in here? Because we never. You know, this, we had no cell cams. and Yeah. So this would have been 2015. And I was like, yeah, we better. So we grabbed the car. And, you guys are all concussed. Oh, we are. Yeah. My back's <laughs> killing me. We, we limp back to the <laughs> damn truck. And we go to the house. And we put the card in. And he's all over at daylight on this scrape. Oh, was, God. Way, way to make it worse, right? Oh, we were like, we got to go set it back up. So... We went and fixed the damn blind the same day it went down and took a bunch of four by fours and made sure it could not, yeah. you know, it was impossible, you know? Yeah. And, um, and then I killed oh, him man. about a week later out of that blind. No kidding. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. So an outrigger? Like you had like a support give out on you? Yeah, this was a mobile one. So it was on a trailer that had mm. these, these supports yeah, that, yeah. that would cam downward and then yep. you could screw them up, you know, like a trailer hitch. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of those bolts when it, you know, how like that cams in a place and then There's it pops a through. Bolt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That bolt sheared and it, and oh, it went over. That would be, that's a, that's a nightmare zone right there. Yeah. I'm building my own wooden platform mm -hmm. and i'm gonna make sure it's secure secure right <laughs> but that i'm glad i asked you some of them questions though like get some good input because you know it might seem like a it's a lazy way of hunting it's uh there's nothing to it you just hop in but there's more to consider really than... honestly yeah I, t I prefer sitting in a tree stand you know mm -hmm. because you feel a little bit more um one with nature and you have a lot more you know, freedom, mobility, and, mobility, yeah. and you feel the air, you know, and it's not, it's not nearly as hot in the early season, but, <laughs> but from killing a, a damn deer, I mean, yeah, there is no substitution for it. Well, I mean, it, it does kind of add, you know, watching, you know, your guys's videos, other people's videos, there is like a sense of like separation. No, no, not even that, but like urgency of like, I guess I'm trying to get my words out here. How to explain it? Like the camera, get the, get it on camera. This window, oh, he's cutting over here. It's like oh, a, it's a pain in the rear. It's like now. suspenseful because it's like there's so much right you to can't juggle. Just, you can't if you're a cameraman, you can't just swing around the tree and get him on the other side. Yeah, well, where I, yeah, you just fall. The visibility's limited, and you spread two people apart, it changes. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's it's a it's something. You know, people give you uh, crap about it, but it's it's difficult to get two people in a blind. A, you don't pop the blind or window to spook the deer. Mm -hmm. B, you're both on them. I yeah. mean, it, it can be very challenging. It's, gun is is much easier, but with a bow, it's it's challenging. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. You know, I guess I never thought about it in too much detail, but now thinking back on 
some of you guys' hunts I've watched, it's like, yeah, it's, it's a juggle. It's, it's a an juggle. art form in itself. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It's it's change. It's a different dynamic from trying to fool one in a tree stand. There's mm-hmm. certain yeah, things yeah. that you do to scare them in a tree stand too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If your tree yeah. stand's popping or you move at the wrong time, you're yeah. going to get busted. Right. Uh, box blinds are the same way. Well, Eric's got a pretty unique thought on his what he's going to do with his box blind. Yeah, so a buddy has an old gravity feed wagon. It's yep. already got a floor in it, so I was thinking sure. about it. it's wide. It's not quite wide enough, so I'm going to cut one side out and just set it right in that so then I can pull it around if I need to or absolutely, you know, move it around. Yeah, big time. Yeah, just that's the bolt it right to the floor and call it a day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it'll I, work well. I've always yeah. wanted a box blind and finally the, got one this Having year, so. mobility with them is a huge deal. Just add skidders to your – or skids, big uh, four-by-fours, cut off the ends or six-by-sixes, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, it'll make a sled, and you can pull it wherever you want. I mean, they'll go wherever. I should do something like that, because I was going to put mine on 10-foot stilts and have it up there, but I guess I could. You didn't get a platform for it from the manufacturer? No, I'm going to build my own. Yeah, which, yeah. (laughs) I would get a platform. (laughs) Idiot is what that just said right there. (laughs) Well, no, the platform is going to be probably more stable, last longer, and Mm -hmm. then you can skid it so easily, and it'll go wherever. Yeah, I probably should do that. Make sure that you then secure it wherever you end up with it. Yeah. Think of uh, tent stakes like uh, T-post all the way sunk with, with cables four different directions. It'll withstand a lot of wind. Otherwise they'll go over. And I want you to tell me if we're dumb or not. I went and got uh, a big (laughs) long like ag anchor that I'm going to anchor down in the center of it. It's great. I would still add the T-post. I've lost okay. a lot to ag anchors where they yank right out. Really? Okay, it, dang. You get a lot of rain, and all yeah. of a sudden it's muddy. And Well, I was going to do that, and then I have two uh, smaller ones I was going to put on each corner for the posts. I've lost a lot with those. Okay, good to know. Take a T-post and sink T-post. it. T-post. Five down. feet. Try to pull it out. Do it at an angle like a tent post. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not okay. coming out. That's what my thought is on okay. this gravity wagon also, because as long as I secure it to that, it ain't going to go anywhere. No. No, I'm scared. I, I got to go re-anchor all mine. Yeah, because I talked to Austin about it. He's like, yeah, you just put one in the middle and they're fine. And well, I've we lost my, a bunch like that. I put, I've got four stakes on the four corners and then one in the middle, and I've never had any problems, but now I'm scared. You will. I've lost them with that <laughs> exact <laughs> you will. anchor in the middle, four stakes, and I've lost a pile that way. Yep. Okay, well, we need all right, to, I'm going to go redo some blinds. Look at these storms we get. You get 50 to 70 mile an hour winds. I mean, yep. it's just yeah, it's a big flag it's too there. big of a shear. It's, it's a giant there. sail up there in the air is yeah. what it is. All right, back to the drawing board then. Well, I just need to get add more. Well, just, you know, for the cost of cable and, and T-post, I mean, yeah. you know, you're not spending any money and, you know, securing a three or $4,000 blind. I got some T-post around. Yeah, I wonder if I could just set the T-post in, push it in with the tractor. Bucket. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we pull them with the tractor. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, then that's what I'll do. Then I'll, yep. I'll still do my anchors I planned on doing, but I'll take it up a notch. Box blind tips from Mark Terry. That's it's valuable stuff, man. I mean, it's it's new. It's a new venture for us. You get one yeah. to fall over. You learn learn how to secure them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Daddy's not going to buy another one, so I'm All gonna right. I'm gonna make sure it's right. Yeah. So well, take care of the one smart. you got. But now I'm like, dang, I should put it on something that I can just move around. I need to find somebody with a gravity wagon and have it parked out there. Yeah, right. we use those Omega lift systems from Keen, man. They're so easy because they'll fold flat. You can drive seventy mile an hour down the highway oh, with dang. them. Pop in and put them up there. They're the bomb. That'd be it's nice. Like the ultimate mobility. Yep. It is. Box they're they're incredible. Yeah, I ain't gonna be pulling mine in no those seventy mile an hour down the road, but <laughs> well, no, but no. you can move it. You know? <laughs> can move it. But we're so spread out. I mean, we've got farms in Missouri and yeah. farms north of here, west and east of here. So it's nice to have the mobility. Oh yeah, on, the sure. values there. You can justify it. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's something about hanging up a little, hang on and jumping at it. Hundred percent. Like, but that's like the different. You know, you get you get both. 
like when it's brutal cold and you know less than ideal weather, you have an option. Yeah, you know certainly, especially yep. if you've got children involved. Mm-hmm. Or, That's what I'm excited for. It's like I mean, just getting out of that wind in December can be a huge oh, thing. Yeah, those I mean, sits where literally there's sits where you go, yeah, man, it's it's brutal enough. I may not sit this tonight. Yep. Whereas you go jump in a box blind and the deer are moving like crazy. It's yep. made me you're, soft. You're, <laughs> it will. That's what I'm worried about a little bit. It's, you get that windy day, you're like man, a tree stand's not going to be much fun. But I got that got that box blind out you can there. Hide out in there. Yep. It, uh, box blinds get hated on pretty easily. They do, and that's okay. I mean, I, that I always okay. say, look at. I'm a results-oriented guy, and Mm -hmm. the results don't lie. Man, we kill a lot of deer out of those blinds. They just don't know you're there. That's the other thing. You don't get discovered nearly as often, so therefore repetitive hunting of the same spot, if your access is good, Mm -hmm. is is much easier. You You can justify the value of one pretty quick for guys looking at, like, price tags of them, you know. Certainly, yeah. And it doesn't have to be always the the top-of-the-line deal. Mm -hmm. You can get what you can afford and get into something. Absolutely. I just think it's fun. It mixes it up. You know, you sit in a tree stand for 40 days in a row, you get kind of burnt out on it. But when you can jump back and forth between the box blind and the tree stand, yeah, it's just a different aspect, just a different view of the hunt, you know. That's what I'm curious about, if if it'll keep me fresher for longer mm-hmm. like you know I, I feel like i stay pretty positive mindset right for a majority of the season but the, the one thing that they will do is make you a little lazy and a little sloppy like <laughs> if you're in a tree stand you're you're a more heightened awareness you know yeah yeah whereas in a box by you're dozing off or <laughs> looking at your phone and all yeah. of a sudden boom you know See, okay that's always been my problem with like ground blinds i my visibility is cut down by so much that i'm like on my phone, you know, and I'm like, shit, I need to pay attention. Right. Yep. So that's why I never really preferred, but I always feel like it'd change if I was 10 foot up, then it might make me more attentive. Maybe not. We'll see. Do- <laughs> hey, we're going to find out, right? And if you hunt with the windows closed, it does eliminate the audio of one walking in. You know? yeah, yeah, that's something to yep. consider. Which is, I mentioned the word separation a while ago. I thought that's where you were going. It yeah. does separate you. But it also separates them from you, you know, like right, yeah. they just do not detect you in those things, scent or anything else. See, like that's it's pretty, that, it's pretty amazing. That's what I'm excited for. Cause I think where I have this food plot set up and designed out that it's, it's where deer, cause I have a camera on it right now and there's nothing in it, but my screening, I got to go in and till it still and do all that. And deer just naturally move through there anyway. And I think they do the majority of the seasons, just the way everything's laid out. So I'm excited because I think once I get my food in there, that it's going to be dynamite. I think I'm going to see a lot of deer, you know, whether it's the buck I want to kill, who knows, but the fun factor of seeing the animal is going to be there. I think. Absolutely. So they're magnets, man. You got the right food with a box blind. It's, it's a, it's a heck of a spot to hunt. I know that, especially if it's tucked into cover, like your new farm there, where I was talking about that, that East corner over there. I mean, that, I can't imagine that not being really good. It's what we talked about. It's funny because we haven't really done a podcast. We've talked about our farms. We meant to do it. Like we just bought a farm podcast, but when you looked at the farm with me before it was, we actually bought it or I bought it, you know, and the opening, you're like, that's where you need to put something. It's the same place. You're like, well, that's where you need to put something. And I was like, I was going about the attitude, like I'll hunt it for a year, see how deer are using Which it. Which isn't a bad, bad play either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess it kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier in the podcast. It's like, you know, do a, a year of scouting on it. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put something there. I would. <laughs> that one's kind of a no brainer. I mean, that's just yeah, that's an awfully good spot. It's a good pocket right by an ag field coming off cover. But what's cool about it? There's like a big berm yep. that runs the whole side of it. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to do is utilize for that spot. I'm going to utilize that berm to maybe put some sort of platform in the side of the berm, and then put a well, I don't know if I'll put a box blind there, but a ground blind or something 
on up high up that platform, be about 10 foot. Yeah. So and I could see that whole plot from, yeah, from the berm. So it'd be kind of a neat, fun way to try and get it done on a spot with not, a, there's not a lot of tree stand options there. A lot um, of willows and short trees. It's all, um, younger oaks. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, um, there's probably one or two in there I could I get bet in. You there's some deer in that sucker. <laughs> I would think that there is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I got my first few trail cam pitch. Just got trail cams out on it, and my first racked buck on it, little eight pointer. You know? But it's awesome. neat to see. You know, you're still like, exciting. You're like, cool. That's on my farm. on your farm. Right? Yeah. yeah, it gives you that like goosebump feeling. You're like, yeah. yeah, I'm not gonna shoot that deer, but it's cool to know he's there. Yeah, yeah that's pretty pretty awesome. It's like a different perspective. You know, I was doing some mowing on the paths around it, and I seen a couple fawns get up, and I'm like. All chipper, you know. I'm like, Look at that! <laughs> They're on my farm. That? They're on my farm. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you go from trying to kill everything to trying to preserve everything. Stay here, yeah. you're safe. <laughs> it makes you more of a steward of the land for sure. Yeah, right. yeah. You got you got yeah. a little skin in the game now, no doubt. Well, yeah. you tell I'm getting a little older too, you know, because it's like got my new new to me tractor, you know. And I'm like mowing out there. I'm like, I'm a land manager, baby. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I just enjoy being on my tractor. And now I nerd out over lawnmowers. And right. you know what I mean? I'm like, oh man, he's got a, a bucket attachment. That, yeah. Lucky. Nice bucket on that track. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> absolutely. My, as I'm getting into my thirties, like stuff I didn't care about when I was in my twenties is like now really interesting and fun. And it's a whole new meaning to that Kenny Chesney song too. She thinks my tractor's sexy. That's right. Okay. Play yeah. that. Blare it when you're, when yeah. you're on it. On my 22 horse Kubota. <laughs> it's still a tractor. Hey, it's a tractor. That's right. W- waving at my wife while she's rolling her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like, you're she an thinks idiot. I look good. She's like, you're an yeah. idiot. Got yeah. my shirt off with my dad bod and a bush light. What's up, honey? Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> hey, she married me. She knew what she was getting. That's right. Well, I think it was a, a fun podcast to talk. I mean, we talked more about box blinds than anything, but we've never really, we've done one where we touched on some box blind stuff with Mark. Uh, Mark Reif, our buddy who cut off yep. the windows on his. But, you know, I think it's going to be neat to kind of hear our feedback as we go through the season for a new style of hunting. Yeah, certainly. You know, but so, there's more to it than yeah, I think people give credit to. There's oh, a lot to sure. it, man. The placement, the access, you know, and all the other things we talked about, there's a lot to it. So in a lot of hours, you know, sometimes we get this comment, oh, you're always in a box blind, you're always over food plot. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, <laughs> Stick with what works. Yeah. It, is, it works like a charm. Yep. It really well, does. Yeah, and that, that's what I was getting through. It's like but they got to be in the right place with the right access. You know? Right, and then a lot of, like, I'm dedicating this blind to the spot if I go with my original plan of putting it on building my own platform. You know, now it wouldn't be that hard to take it down. You know, it's just. We, we never, we seldom put one in a permanent spot anymore because we yeah. end up moving those suckers all the time. Yeah. So it's just like a tree stand. You think that's the tree and then, oh, I got to move. You, know? you got to be over mm-hmm. 50 yards that way. Yeah, yeah. So it's nice to have mobility with them. Right. Well, I'll, I'll, that's my whole idea about my, my plan. Put it on wheels. Yeah. See, I thought about like an old hay wagon. Yep. Or something. You know, too, yeah. But I wanted the height, you know, so. Yep. That's where yeah, that gravity feed wagon's going to be. We'll learn. Perfect, hey, if I don't like it, we'll change it. That's right. Hey, more reason to just play. Just make sure you don't get so high that the electric lines get you, you know. <laughs> we don't want <laughs> Not that. joking. No, man. that's a serious thing to consider. That sounds like an ask me how I know thing. No. Oh. <laughs> you thought through it. Just something to think through. Don't yeah, get it so falling high. Out if of it's them. mobile, don't, just make sure you don't clip yeah. lines. Yeah. That, that's something you'll have to worry about. I don't know how high up yours will be. Yeah, it'll be pretty high. I mean, to the roof, you know. Yeah. It's probably... Seven feet up plus the height of the blind. So yeah, you should be okay. I think they're up there at like fourteen or fifteen feet, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're. I right. think a combine's like just shy of fourteen foot. So we, yep. if I'm right on that, is that right? Yeah, you got to be careful when you got the hopper 
extensions still folded up in a few places. You ever took lines down in your? I've bike? never done it. My brother's done it, but I've never touched one. But got to be careful. Yeah, got to be careful. Yeah, that <laughs> suck. Well, cool, Mark. Anything else you think we should cover quick for cut out? We're not in a, a huge hurry, but. No, if anybody that hasn't like seen anything about the app yet, go go on to DeerCast or find our 13-minute reel where we talk about yeah. all the different features yeah. in there. Like They're pretty incredible. We talked about rain station and plot area and our wind checker. Like, we, you know, we took the wind checker, and we have a cone of what your scent would probably look like, and mm-hmm. then we change that cone based on the speed of the wind. Yeah. You know? so, That's huge. And then Very you could cool. check that across five days to see what, what your wind's doing across a five-day mm-hmm. period. And, That's cool. I mean, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty advanced. Like I said, yeah. there's a lot of different aspects to it you can tell a deer hunter yeah worked on that you know oh for sure just differentiate us yeah. i'd say just download and start playing around with it mm-hmm. you're going to find so many different avenues on there that yeah are going to fit your cool. needs yeah well that too for visual learners like wind you're sitting in a spot you can play with that yep. and see what your wind's doing like that's huge i think it helps yeah. you understand how it's actually what direction is it actually is going and right. how wide is my cone you know mm-hmm. there's a big difference between a 13 mile an hour wind which is just the ideal speed you know it's yeah. going in a consistent direction mm-hmm. versus a variable 25 where it's doing this and whipping <laughs> right. Right. or like a two to four where it's going every different yeah. direction you know i yeah. really i really hate those winds it's great because you can hear but it sucks because you know it's just a disaster oh, it's, for your yeah. son it's terrible that and the deer are keyed up because they hear every single thing yeah. like, mm-hmm. i love a steady consistent wind that you just there's so much more killable 13 is the magic Oh, uh, you know, if I had to pick, I love like 10 to 17, somewhere in really? there, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. I, I love that speed. It seems like in Illinois, we don't get anything under five very often, a few days right. a year, but it just seems like it's always Well, when you do, they're, they are on alert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do not like those calm winds. Well, you imagine everything's trying to kill you. That, and they just, they, they're so keyed up because they hear everything. Yeah. Everything, yeah. They're very alert. I would, you know, in, in high winds, real quick before we, before we cut this one off, do deer, do you notice deer still moving like the like extreme winds? Like, I don't know, what would be extreme, 30 plus? Uh, it will start to shut them down, but, uh, you know, it depends on the time of the year and the topography. And, like, mm-hmm. I've had sits with multiple guys out and go to different spots, and the guys down on the bottoms had amazing sits, mm-hmm. and the guys up on the ridges saw very little. So right. they're they're not stupid. They know how to shelter from the wind just yeah, like yeah. we do. Yeah. So when those wind speeds get really high, I used to always think, they're not going to move tonight. Mm-hmm. I just go somewhere where I think they will move, and I, I yeah. have much better sits down on those bottoms. Get out of the wind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I always try to think about it like, man, if everything was trying to kill me and then everything is moving crazy in the woods, how stressful would that be? You know like what the I mean? trees are moving and everything's just yeah, everything whipping going around. Nuts. It would just be uncomfortable, I feel like. But if you think about what those winds are accompanying, it's oftentimes a major front. And, yeah, right. you know, their, their internal, their internal um, will to survive is going to get them on feed. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I have seen really, really high winds, like over 40, kind of really diminish the movement. But yeah. 20s, that really doesn't bother me at all. I don't mind a 25-mile-an-hour wind, actually, yeah. especially if it's out on the northwest. Mm-hmm. They'll move, but they might be a little bit later. You know, it might gotcha. subdue them. Yeah, they may not move bit. as far, but they're still going to feed if, if it's accompanying a big front. Right? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. Just make sure you're not in a tree this big and you're hanging on, getting something a little I've been yeah, there. <laughs> sketchy. Where you're doing this and you're holding on. Yeah, not fun, but you got to get out there. Yeah, that's, that's not safe. much fun at all. No, no, I hate it. That's the worst. You're holding on. You got that oh, feeling every time the wind blows real <laughs> I should hard. say I took the stand out after that set. Really? <laughs> yeah, because I was like the only tree in that. There's a little plot there, and I'm like, oh, this could be perfect. Yeah. Went out there on a windy day, and like, yeah, every time it blows, you're like. <sighs> so my biggest fear when I was a little kid getting used to, like, hang-ons is, like, 
I'm going to fall. The tree's going to fall. You know, freaking out and just scaring yourself more than you even needed to be. So, Well, the stats don't lie. A lot of people fall every year. You know? They yeah. do. Less and less since the advent of the full-body harnesses and yeah, yeah. the safe lines and the lifelines. I mean, it's For sure. a huge, huge, huge improvement over the way it was 25 years ago. I don't know if I've Absolutely. ever now. I have I've lifeline and everything now or whatever you want to call it from the ground up. But before that, I always had a at least a tree stand harness in yep. the tree, you know, but never – not always hooked up from the ground to the to the tree stand. So, but I got kids now. I got to think about it a little more. Yep, Makes a difference. It it matters if I die now. Well, as you age, <laughs> as you age, you think think of things differently, right? You're, For sure. You're much more risk averse, and that's yeah. that's part of it. So. Dude, I want one more day on that orange tractor with my belly out. You know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, drink, honey, drink one more beer. That's right. Yeah. All right, Mark. Well, appreciate it. Thanks appreciate for having us. Guys. Yep. Thanks for having us down. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it very much. It's fun. Learned a lot, actually. I did. Yeah. So thanks we everyone. Kind of pivoted from food plot to <laughs> well, box spine. But. I guess it's just like the the perk of interest right now, naturally, you know. But that's it what's is. fun about it. Yeah. But also, it's like if someone wants to get a box spine, things to think about. Yeah, it's definitely. You know, there's there's things to get. I mean, we love our muddies and we love our hawks, and I mean, we've killed a pile of deer out of them. You know. And yeah. There's a price tag that goes with them, but at the end of the day, yeah. it's going to last longer. It's going to keep you safe. Yeah. There's another thing. Safety in terms of box blinds does help. We talked about me falling out of one, but that was, that was a weird, that was a weird occurrence. Where's uh, your harness on that one? Yeah. Mark? Right. Hey, yeah. now we know how to stake them down though. Yeah. 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 There's, I mean, there's a ton of great blind. Now we know how to stake them down, but there's a ton of great blinds out there. Like we got, we went grizzly, you know, but I mean, I know you guys had great luck with the brands you guys run and mm-hmm. I know you've ran a separate brand in the past. I think, and, I think we've all ran a little bit of everything. Yeah. yeah. So. I think the top ones would be the top sellers would be Muddy Hawk or, or uh, Redneck would be the ones that I see yeah. the most. Yeah, Gr- Grizzly kind of makes a, a really nice blind, but it's it's quite pricey if I'm not mistaken. It's a little expensive, but it's got everything you want. Yeah. I mean, it's you, you're not missing anything for yeah. sure. So, if you, but you don't have to do it that way. You can right. get yeah. you can get it without it, then add stuff later. I so. like that Hawk Office man. That thing is a Cadillac. I haven't seen that. Really, really nice metal sides. I mean, it's it's lifetime guarantee. I mean, it'll, it'll last forever. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I think Mark's got. Uh, Mark might have some kind of redneck. Mark Rife, our buddy that cut the windows. Yeah, out I can't remember which one he had, but they're fun. I mean, they have options for everybody. But you know, get what you want to get into, and then yep. start with the base model, and then upgrade as you see fit as you hunt out of it. You know, like you can add accessories, like to the, the ones we're running. You can add on the different stuff, like you know, whatever it is, shelving, and shelves in there, the shades and stuff like that, yep. flooring and all that. So, well, cool. Well, thanks for having us. Thanks everyone tuning in, listening, yep. watching. We appreciate you. Go shoot a giant. Go shoot your bow. Later. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life.